Good evening, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on another edition of Raising Vibration Radio and Journey into Consciousness. I'm one of your hosts, Reverend Raven, and the other host is just laughing at me tonight, Tammy Lucente, and I'm going to let her introduce our special guest tonight. Hi, everyone. Good evening. Tonight we have Ryan Chappell. He's a massage therapist, and we're going to hear about his journey, um, what he did prior to getting into massage therapy, and he, al he also has a very unique philosophy on energy work that he'll be sharing with us tonight. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, thank you very much. So we're going to get into your story a little bit tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Um, do you want to start by maybe telling us a little bit about your background prior to getting into massage therapy and what led up to that? Oh, we just lost your video. Ryan? He may have stepped out of the studio. Let's see if we can get him back in here. Hmm. We, we did. We must have technical difficulty going on. Why we... Uh, I don't know. Let me try and reach him. Okay, great. So he should so, probably try to re-enter the studio, right? Yeah, let me just remove him from the studio and he can just go back in and we'll get him back in here. It's kind of funny. We had him in. Oh, he looks like he came back in. I'm going to add him to the stream. Oh. But we still have no video or any voice for him. Hmm. Um, I wonder if he can hear us. I'm not really sure, but we, we, we've had really good video and audio up until this point. We start the show. Mercury in retrograde. Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> I know. I we've been say. on here for about 20, 30 minutes. Yes. Having a great conversation. And, and I can't wait to share him with you guys because I've he's got an amazing story. to see if he can hear us. I apologize, everyone. There he is. All right, let me add him back that was in here. Strange. My <laughs> never seen that before in my life. My computer just randomly restarted on me. Ah, welcome to Mercury in retrograde. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. It's probably got a lot to do with it. Wow. So wow. as we were saying. <laughs> Maybe it would be really nice if you uh, told us a little bit about what you were doing prior to getting into massage work and what led to that. Yeah, so I I was uh, doing woodworking for 18 years and I was in fabrication. So I was in a wood shop and um, I would build custom things like reception desks and other things that people needed for um, the casework industry. And um, I enjoyed that work. You know, it was pretty satisfying to, to build all this cool stuff. Um, but there was always something missing. You know, I felt like I wasn't doing what I came here to do. I, I always felt like I was kind of on a mission here, you know, yeah. to do something special. And the woodworking was just not, it, it wasn't it. You know, I just knew it wasn't it. Was so, a bill for the purpose in life, huh? Yeah, and I never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, but one day I was on vacation and I I went and got a massage. Yeah. And I didn't have any discomfort in my body. I just told the, the massage therapist, I said, um, I just want to experience massage therapy. You know, I've never had a massage. Just, you know, just show me what it's all about. 
Well, and, where, where were you on vacation or is location not really relevant or? Well, I was on, I was in Emerald Isle off the coast of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically I went in and I just said, you know, I'd, I'd like to experience a massage. And, and so she just gave me this um, Hawaiian style, this Lomi Lomi massage because mm-hmm. it was an experience and I was asking yeah. for an experience. Yeah. And it it really changed my perspective on on everything because this massage it was um it was very connected. I felt incredibly connected to the massage therapist. And so the human connection part was just not at all what I was expecting. You know, I, I thought it was just going to be kind of a, a therapeutic ex- sort of thing where somebody's working on my body. But this was like real profound human connection and I had never met this person before. And honestly, I felt like it was the the most profound connection I'd ever experienced in my life, which was, you know, kind of hard to wrap my mind around because I truly just met this person. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like it was someone that I have some kind of past life history with or anything like that. It was just there was a, a willingness and an openness with her to to create that experience and and within me and it just all lined up so that we could have that and um ever since then i went back to woodworking for a long time after that so years went by as a woodworker and i never forgot that mm-hmm. um and so it, it planted a seed in my mind of what was possible with two human beings that have just met each other. And I realized that I just, I really wanted to participate in creating a, an experience for someone that was really novel and that sort of expanded their framework about what is possible or their perspective about what is possible. And so that original experience just planted the seed for me of, of, um, a completely different direction for me. Yeah, I would say that you were successful um, having had a massage from you, that you were very successful in your endeavors to create that kind of experience for others also. That's amazing. So you had you had that experience and then several for several years you continued with woodworking and did you start delving down a few different rabbit holes like what inevitably brought you back to massage as a, a possible career that it is now what, what did she say uh she's talking to her son okay she thinks that the mic is on mute oh, that's Sand, right. sandy Sandy. Wow, I'm so sorry. Oh, she muted. That's okay. Okay. Um, so you were saying, um, uh, you were asking me about uh, so, going back to woodworking. Yeah. And, then... and so you said for several years, and then you, you did go into massage therapy. But then what was that like, that several years, and how did you get into the massage therapy? Yeah, oh, that's a great question. So even, I'll go back a little bit further. So even before... I was into, uh, before I got that massage, I was always into, um, I was always very different. So I was a very quiet person, not so much with my speech, but just in my way of being. Being, yeah. Um, 
And I've always been very calm. You know, even in like public speaking, it's not so difficult to just be relaxed for me in almost any situation. And um, so I, I knew that my work would involve that somehow. And so I started, after that massage, I kind of started exploring some things. And one of the things that happened was I went to a meetup that was a meditation meetup. And it was every Wednesday, once a week, people would come from very far away. Sometimes people would travel, you know, 45 minutes to go to this little meditation meetup in Richmond, Virginia. There weren't many things going on like that at the time. And, um, and so we would get together, we would meditate, and then we would have a conversation. And um, one of the things that really got me started was that there was this person that showed up one day and she was very outspoken about not being able to meditate. And she said, you know, I just, my mind is racing and I, I can't meditate. And, and I thought, well, there's nothing I feel like I can tell her to help her meditate. So I decided one day I said, well, what about if I just put my hands on you and I meditate and maybe it'll just transfer to you through osmosis or something. Mm -hmm. So I did that, and so I spent you know 45 minutes just meditating with my hands on her. And she said that she, she didn't really feel like she meditated because her mind was still racing and going kind of like it normally does. But she said she felt profoundly safe. Mm -hmm. and, and she said that she, she wanted to experience more of that, you know, that kind of touch where it's like pure touch, you know, without any kind of agenda. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was doing. I was just touching her with the intention of being completely calm and still within myself, hoping that that would offer her something to help her relax. And it, it did, and, and she wanted more of it. So we started hanging out and playing with this idea of I would just touch her and and she would um, enjoy that experience. And what kind of organically happened over time was I started communicating with her and learning how to sort of talk to her body. It was like I was witnessing my body communicating with her body and coming up with all these really cool moves. And I could never remember them. We would give names to these massage moves. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, I, for some reason, I could never remember them. It was like I was channeling them from yeah, some just, other realm, you know. You just intuitively knew how to move with her. Yeah, and, and that was kind of the beginning of realizing that I had some kind of innate ability to do um, massage therapy. Um, but you could say that, that there's this holding space component that is critical in, in my work, mm -hmm. which was also kind of discovered in, in that meditation group where I was putting my hands on her and just holding that space. Everything that I've done in massage therapy and energy work, that stillness has been the foundation of all of it. Mm -hmm. Just being able to hold that stillness, you know, no matter what is happening, no matter how turbulent the person is that I'm working with, um, that's kind of, when I say, uh, when I said before that 
I find myself living kind of a, a monk lifestyle to be able to do massage therapy. It's because of that, that need to hold that stillness. It's like, I really feel like I need to be able to do that no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, and that seems to have been the case in, in all of my sessions, you know, I have a lot of respect for, um, the vi- vigilance that you have for, ho- for holding that space for people. Um, I'm grateful for it. Uh, I, I, th- I found your, um, massage startling in a very, um, profoundly wonderful way. I was startled by the level of, um, much like you describe, um, the level of intimacy and the sharing of energy that has nothing to do with anything inappropriate. It's just, just holding that space and having that human connection, like you said, with no agenda, but I don't even think giving it words really describes what it feels like to be in that space. I've had, um, more massages than I know in my life and I've never experienced anything. I, I call it a gentle touch, what I experienced. Um, but I know there were three occasions where I emotionally got choked up and I have never experienced that before. And um, what came up in me was kind of interesting because I had to unpack it for a few days, but I think it's a perfect um, example of the different kinds of things that people could could most likely experience with, with that kind of space being held for them. But um, the tears that came up on some level after several days of trying to unpack this, like I said, after was um, one that I could share that level of intimacy of a human touch with someone and that I had an awareness that I was blocking that in my life. Um, that was not pleasant to um, acknowledge. It was like a mirror in a very safe container for me to witness that um, that to come up. Does that, does that make sense to you? Oh, it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. and it was very, 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 yeah, and it was very, um, it was an experience that was very, very rich, and, and, it, and it was really a wonderful experience, but to get a massage and have that kind of revelation revealed to you, and it might not seem like that big of a deal, but when I tell you I, I had no conscious awareness of it, on that level until, you know, so it was really interesting to me and it was, um, and it gave me an opportunity for growth. I mean, and, and healing, you know, cause I could, I could see and receive and honor that within myself. Just thought I would share that with you. <laughs> Thank you. That's very profound. And, and I find that it's, it's one of the major afflictions in mm. the human experience is blocking human connection we have all sorts of ways of blocking it, you know, even talking is perhaps the number one way that we block intimacy and connection. And we, um, we forget what it's like, you know, because there's so much 
separation in this this culture. And so a big part of what I'm doing is that I'm operating very much outside of the culture and hopefully offering what a do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, even just the stillness, like spending my entire day in the state of, of stillness, you know, you could say that our, our society is, is sort of built on a busyness in a sense It's like, that's the that's how everything is is designed here it's like being busy and um running around and some people call it the rat race mm-hmm. and to me it just it never resonated with me um even as a little kid um i just i i couldn't do it and even when i was in the woodworking i was i was so amazed because we would get these new projects that would be these huge, huge projects and people would get so freaked out about how much work there was to be done. And, you know, they would get so stressed and I would, I would and they would get upset with me because I wasn't stressed. And I would say, you know, while you guys have been freaking out, I've been doing some paperwork and like getting this thing started calmly, (laughs) you know? So it's like, I'm the only one actually doing doing anything. So, it's like I found that in this world, there's so much. <laughs> it's like the resistance ends up being more work than the actual thing. There's more energy. I have been saying this for years. I have. We, we're a culture where, on a lot of levels, the amount of energy that gets exerted to not do something far exceeds mm-hmm. the amount of energy that would be expended to just, in fact, do it. And yeah. on, and it's just like I, I don't know. I, I I've, I've yeah. been marveled at this on multiple multiple occasions. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's like I feel like I don't have the energy to. I, I don't. I'm not a very high energy person. Mm-hmm. So I've I've gone with this method of conserving energy through not creating turbulence so the stillness helps me to conserve energy and so i can function as if i have a lot of energy even though i'm not you know i don't have this massive amount of energy running through me like like um some people do that that seem to have the ability to um to (laughs) move much faster than than i do you know i I kind of feel like i'm (laughs) almost like a sloth compared to some people um, yeah, but I find that energy interesting if you think about it, um, at least, especially in the line of work that you do, because you have a field around you. And the fact that you you so diligently also are mindful of holding space for people, I think there's something to be said about holding that still energy field for yourself and it intermingling with the people that you work with to help bring them into, I mean, cause it just will, it will slow down the other energy field. It would seem to me when they're, when they're crossing paths. It's like creating a container mm-hmm. for the other person or to that, calm down. Yeah. Yeah. It's a safe container safe. that feels peaceful and calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. It's very nice. I like <laughs> it very, very much. So, 
so when so you so you got into massage therapy you're you're feeling like okay so then what happened you're feeling more of a connection of like this is what i should be more going towards doing i'm trying to get us back to your story sure so uh, at first i wanted to go to energy work because it was easier you know in terms of i could take these classes and it's not you know an entire year program Mm -hmm. um and so it was i I went that route because i was like well i really want to do massage but Mm -hmm you know, I don't have the, the the time to do that right now. So I started taking energy work classes like Reiki. And then I, I took some other ones like mm-hmm. um, pranic healing was was an interesting one. And um, why do you say that about pranic healing? Well, pranic healing is um, it's it's kind of like almost like a scientific energy work where they kind of teach everyone a very standard system. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like teaching people how to use intention who like, even if you don't know anything about intentions, mm-hmm. the pranic healing course is kind of designed to, to teach people to be basically teach people how to do magic who just, who don't know, realize they're practicing magic. Yeah. And they're like, sort of like, I think about it, like in the Harry Potter movies, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got the, um, you've got the, the teachers and they do the magic. They don't say the incantations. They're not waving the wand. They just do it. Right. Mm -hmm. But then in the, um, the students in the classrooms, they're getting them to say these spells out loud and they have to say it just right. And they wave the wand in a very particular way. And then the magic happens. Yeah. And I, I feel like the pranic healing class is like, they're actually teaching you to, to, to do everything in a particular way. Yeah. They don't use um, words necessarily when in the energy work, but the way that they're guiding the intention through these very mm-hmm. specific things, it made me realize that they're, um, you know, they're, they have a very scientific way of doing it. That's very standardized. Whereas the, the Reiki classes are, are all over the place, you know, depending on your teacher, it's going to be um, one class from one class to another. It's like, completely different experience between those two modalities what would you say is the one that most naturally resonates with you i'm just curious yeah, there's not a right a great, or wrong i'm just curious well they they're both useful frameworks is the way i would describe it and yeah. um the, the way i see energy work it's kind of like i see it the way i see almost everything each one of these things is someone's attempt to explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I, I consider them all to be frameworks, just like any spiritual system or a religion. To me, these are all frameworks. And mm-hmm. by looking at them as frameworks, I can sort of just take from any of them um, useful things and then create, with you. Yeah. Yeah. I create my own system. Yep. And, and when I was in the, I, I will say that when I was in the pranic healing class, I had an experience, a very a mystical experience. And, oh, um, do tell. I I'll love tell. mystical <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So I was in the class and I was just sitting there in one of the chairs and they had this this picture of, of the creator and he's this, this deceased guy named Master Cho Kaksui. And I thought <laughs> it was kind of kind of funny the way they have his picture. It's kind of like they were worshiping him, which... Yeah. You know, I didn't really resonate with <laughs> with that part. But um, at one point, he came to me in my imagination. 
And he said, by the way, Ryan, the way they're teaching it in this class is not the way I was actually doing it. I want to tell you about what I was doing. And he said, basically, I was doing everything with my imagination. And he said, what's happening in your imagination is actually happening. You just have to know that it's happening. And there was also this sudden realization that was really profound that came later as a result of that experience. And um, believe me, I'm, I'm not at this level at all, what I'm about to describe, but it's like I suddenly knew that if it was possible for me to know that water is actually a solid instead of a liquid, if I could somehow know that, then I could walk on water. And I realized that the trouble is like being able to have that kind of dexterity I of knowing something yeah. mm-hmm. that, that there's no evidence to know. It's like, wow, that's really high level. Like who's on that it. level? Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah. holding it, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, I'm not ready for that. But I did get past this hurdle of knowing that what I'm seeing and doing in my imagination is actually happening on an energetic level. And once I realized that, it was sort of off to the races with a completely new form of energy work where there was essentially no limitations on what was possible because I was now working, the only limit was my imagination and my ability to sort of hold in my imagination what what I was doing. And sometimes uh, it was kind of tricky because I'm sort of seeing it in my imagination and trusting that what I'm seeing is is there mm-hmm. and also seeing the effect that I'm having and holding it very steady. So that comes back again to the sort of the the steadiness of of the mind to with energy work with this kind of energy work um certain things that I'm doing are that require me to be very steady. And over time, I've, I've just kind of picked from different frameworks and developed what's possible. And I can give you an example of, of some of the things that happen in the studio. Um, okay, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So the other day I had a client and um, she was on the table. And I noticed that her neck wouldn't turn. You know, normally, you know, in massages, people turn your head. Yeah. You know, it happens all the time. Well, her, her neck just wouldn't turn. And she's very healthy, you know, she's extremely capable, happy, healthy. And I said, you know, your your neck is so stiff. And she said, well, you know, I um, my chiropractor says that my, my neck is all jacked up. And I was like, really, that's his official <laughs> explanation? <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the medical diagnosis? Uh, and your she, neck uh, is all jacked up. <laughs> Sorry, that's a smith. But yeah, so so she said that she had an injury, um, you know, a sports injury, and she explained that it was years ago and her neck is healed, but now she still just can't move her neck. And her daughter makes fun of her because she moves her whole body to look at something, you know. And so I took a look at, I, you know, I used my imagination to sort of see. And what I saw was that she had an energetic brace, kind of like a cast is a brace so that you're, you're elbow can heal uh, on your arm um we create these energetic braces sometimes which is like a it's like a program that your body follows that says you know don't move this (laughs) part of your body and this thing was really hanging on 
and it looked like a structure in her body. So I had learned that I can imagine sort of bathing that structure in golden light and just kind of marinating it for a while. And that's and, that's where I was going to go. So when you were talking about holding it and holding it really still, that's what you, you mean. Like you're yeah, that holding like, that energy and that thought precisely for as long as you can. Is that to to literally just give it as long of an energy um, zap as you can for the healing that you're working on? Yeah, like giving it however long it needs, you know, because sometimes it, I've had processes that took, you know, 10 minutes of just that part of, you know, using the golden light and to sort of loosen something up. So after, but after bathing it for however long it seemed like it needed, then I would sort of imagine like pulling it out slowly and, and watching it, you know, moving out and just knowing that, that it's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And um, it takes a lot of practice to get to the point where you, you know that it's really happening. And um, so after pulling it out, a few minutes later, I was moving her head around and, and she was really excited. Yeah. And that was a few days ago. I can't wait to, to get in touch with her again and say, hey, how, you know, is your neck still doing well? Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, she was a happy camper when she left, but I'm, I'm, very, I'm very curious to see like the mm -hmm. follow-up. Like, did it, did it last? Did it come back? Because, mm -hmm. you know, things like that, they can, they can come back because we... You have the she, memory she of created it. it in the first mm -hmm. place, you know, as a protective measure, so she could mm -hmm. create it again. So um, I call that a structure, what she had in her body. And so this energy work, um, when you're working with the imagination, things become possible, like removing a structure. Um, but it's it's like in an energy work class in a weekend, it's unlikely that they'll teach you how to you know, to do that because it's, you're learning to use your imagination like a tool and very deliberately instead of, you know, just daydreaming where it's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's like. It's yeah. Holding a thought in your imagination and actually holding that thought is um, it's, it could almost be equated to like going to a gym and having physical workouts, becoming disciplined about holding certain thoughts. I, it's been my experience anyways, when I tried to get really, really clear and hold thoughts. Um, yeah, it's, it definitely takes practice and, um, and it's, it takes being um, steady, I guess. Very steady. And you are super, super steady. <laughs> so yeah. you've been that way your whole life, huh? You've been just real quiet and steady energy like that. Yeah, I've always been that way. So it's not like I can tell you, um, you know, go do this yoga class or something and yeah. and all of a sudden it'll snap in. Um, it's it's always been, I mean, I, I there was a period, my mom tells me where I was crying a lot after I was born. Uh -huh. There was a period where I just cried like crazy and it was really obnoxious. Um, but then after that, I, I was very calm. Uh. <laughs> maybe maybe I wasn't happy about being here. 
So you've been in your own studio space now for how long, Ryan? Well, I got that space while I was still in massage school uh -huh. in May of 2020. Yeah, and so that's how long that's how long I've had it since May of 2020. And how did so. you find that space? It's a cool story. Um, I I knew another massage therapist, and um, when I went to visit her, I thought I actually helped her um, move out of that space. And I thought, wow, I really like this space. One day I'd like to have a space just like this. And I, you know, and this was, you know, way before I was in massage school. It was years before that, I guess, or at least a year before that. And um, while I was in massage school, somebody just contacted me who didn't know that massage therapist at all. There was no connection there. And they said, hey, I know you're in massage school and there's this space available. And I, I just, something told me you might be interested in it. And they told me where it was. And I said, oh, wow, I know exactly what space that is. You know, I've already been in that space and I'm very interested. And I just knew something was telling me like, yes, this yeah. is it. This is the synchronicity um, coming into play of um, helping me out. And, uh, and so I agreed to, to pay for that space and, and, get hold of it even before I was done with the massage school. That's awesome. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, it was that really fun. Is amazing. That is really amazing. It's a really amazing space. It's um, just so that people can, uh, you know, know about it. It's, it's on the second floor and it has these big windows. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like um, being in a tree house too, because there's this big tree right outside the window next to the, the yeah. treatment table and um and so when you're on the table there's this huge window and there's you're like in this tree almost because it's the second story and the tree is huge <laughs> and um it's really it's just it's magical and um it's a big space it's not a little massage yeah. studio it's very nice so that's that's a beautiful just example of how things just work out when we move in the direction of being true to ourselves and listening to the inner tempo, you know, it's, it's just amazing and astonishing to me all the time how things like that happen. It's just really neat. I like what you said. Um, how cool is it that this is what I get to do for a living today? You know? Yeah. It's, it's really amazing. And you know, about being true to yourself, there was something I had to do in order to really get that business to work. And what um, was that? Well, when I first started out, I was still doing some of the woodworking stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty high demand industry. Um, and I was having a lot of trouble getting traction with the massage business. And I got this guidance that it was like, okay, you need to go all in with the massage therapy. So I stopped doing the woodworking completely. I said, you know, I'm not doing that anymore no more side jobs or anything. I'm just, I'm just going to do massage therapy and just go all in with this. Mm -hmm. And and that's when things started really working out. In my opinion, it was like, it was like I was blocking myself because exactly. yeah, yeah, I felt, I felt overwhelmed with what I was trying to do. And it's like, yeah, I was blocking people somehow on some level from coming. Yeah. It's like, 
the universe doesn't know what to do with wishy-washy. You yeah, to, yeah. You have to just choose which one. I I find that that is 100% true, that as soon as you choose, you're going to be supported. And it's been interesting for me, the more I have come into real knowledge of that, it's harder for me to make choices, as odd as that sounds, because I know as soon as I make a choice and I'm committed to it, I will get supported. And then I'm like, oh, do I really want to do I, I have literally played ping pong with that a few times in different ways that I wouldn't have thought, you know, years ago. So anyways, so do we have any questions, Sandra D? Are you with us? Right. I am with you. And we've had a couple of comments. Uh, there's a chat, uh, Jess Che. Do you know her? or him is that somebody you're familiar with no i do not no neither one of you uh let's see what they say can you hear me okay cammy i can't hear you i'm sorry i was trying to again i can't hear you i can hear you sandra i can't hear ryan either but you guys can hear me and i can't hear you yes isn't that awesome you. you can't hear us uh, no. Well, I will just read. I don't know why I can't hear you. I, I don't have a clue I, I hear, what's going on. Tammy. Let me see if I might. Uh, Tammy, do you hear me? Did something hey, here. Mercury in retrograde. Yep, okay. my volume's up. I don't know why I can't hear you. So okay. you'll just continue talking, <laughs> and I'm just going to mute myself, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Ryan, let me see what we have here. I totally understand. I'm trying to understand. So you don't know this gentleman or woman, Jess, either? I, I don't think so. Okay. She's a woman, and her name is Jessica. I don't really see a specific question, but hello, Jessica. Thank you for joining us this evening. Um, so tell, I'm excited to hear about what happened with that um, young woman last week. What are some other um, interesting stories that you've had happen? Wait, before you go there, I can talk now and hear. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, I, so did you, were you able to read the comments to, um, to Ryan that we've got so far? It's, uh, Jess, Jess says that... Uh, that I love this and thank you. I feel so at peace when I listen to you. And well, Ryan, it's not easy because so many people have negative in their field, but your field is so much higher as in healing and breaking ne uh, negative for others. And they start to feel what is good. I, I've done this for many, I know. And then how can we become Facebook friends? on here so i would like to know more people at my energy level and i could see with both of you the golden light of love and healing in words so you guys got a new fan that wants to be reach out with you and be uh, we got more comments here but that's the jess and oh jessica her name's jessica, jessica yes and, and she was drawn to be here and grateful for your words so just to let you know. So, uh, Jessica, I will put in there a link for both Tammy and for Ryan. And you can send them a, fin a friend request, okay? 
in the link there. Any of you listeners that want to, you know, hook up with Tammy or Ryan or myself, uh, you could also like our page, Raising Vibration Radio page. So, all right, back to your question, Tammy. I was just asking Ryan if he had any more stories he wanted to share, like um, the woman with her neck. Yeah, there was one um, along those lines. Uh, I was working on someone for a while, and it just like 45 minutes I was working on these back muscles, and they just weren't giving up. They were just so tense. And um, and then I realized, okay, this is just not working. Uh, you know, No amount of body work is going to get this to happen, get these to relax. And, um, and then I said, uh, well, I, I realized that there was some energetic structure, another one of these structures. Mm -hmm. And so I just worked on it. It was the same process that I described and I pulled it out and all of a sudden she, she relaxed. And then she started before I even had a chance to really tell her about what happened. She had recalled that in a previous relationship she was in, her um, her partner had been mean to her about her posture. She had great posture and was even um, like a yoga teacher. And so she always walked around with like this regal posture. Mm -hmm. And her partner kind of gave her a hard time about that and made her sound like she was, you know, like a robot or, you know, really stiff. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so she somehow created this the structure that caused her her posture to sort of collapse and her muscles were affected by that and her back so um in this so in this case it wasn't an injury but it was actually like an adaptation to someone's insults so she created something in her body that that helped her essentially morph into someone that wouldn't be made fun of by her partner and that was really interesting to see, um, one, that, you know, that's another form that these structures take. And then another that um, when it came out, she suddenly, like, realized what it was. Yeah, and that's then, amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of similar to what I experienced in, in a kind of way. I mean, I didn't have a structure. I don't think you didn't mention anything like that, but it was neat. Yeah, and, and that... Um, this thing about blocking connection with people, mm -hmm. it really makes a lot of sense if you think about it, because when we're children, we have these experiences with adults that are so much larger than us and more powerful than us. And in that context, as children, a lot of times we want to hide or just block or do something that's not natural for us. And one of the things that I find in my practice that's just so, so consistently something I see that I feel like I would love to help people with is that when people are children and they have abusive adults in their life, they tend to create blocks in their energy system that makes them smaller. And this at the time is useful because that adult will not notice them as much and maybe won't get triggered by them as much. And so they leave them alone. You know, this child will be left alone because they've made themselves sort of invisible, you could say, by sabotaging their own energy system or creating blocks in it. But the thing is, they, they keep those blocks and they get older and they become adults. And then it works the other way 
because now there's no longer these adults that are just by default more powerful than them. There's just people around them that are their peers, but they're still making themselves small. So now instead of successfully hiding, they've made themselves into like doormats, you could say. Instead of being grand and, and large and expansive, they're sort of contracted. And, um, and so this is something that I, I really would like to bring to people's attention that, um, that we're doing this thing as a, as a people where we're making ourselves small as children and then we're not letting it go and we're, we're holding on to that. And huh? it's, it's not helping us at all. I was wondering when you were going <laughs> to chime in. I don't have any experience with that, do you? Oh, tons and tons of experience. But let me just share this. Um, Jessica says that, Ryan, this is not a question, but you know the stress and the anger people carry. Do this blocking to them all. Uh, she says and anger people carry do this blocking to them all the time so i'm not really understanding what she meant but then she wrote i do have a question now i healed my husband but he is my he is my husband it does not work as if i were at home just for a little help he was has sciatica and suffers so bad at any input i could put into my healing for him well um for sciatica you know I can offer some advice about, you know, the, the anatomy of the body, which is that in, with sciatica, what happens a lot of times is that the, the, the muscles, the deep muscles in the glutes, like the piriformis, tend to get very tight because we're sitting a lot. And so one of the best things you can do for sciatica is to stretch out those muscles and then they become softer and because those muscles tend to pinch that nerve and um, and that's what creates so much, so many issues for people. And also strengthening that muscle really helps. So um, it'd be hard for me to describe the stretches and the exercises uh, in an audio format. But if you're in yoga, there's a, a, a stretch called the um, pigeon and figure four, which are really great for stretching the, the piriformis and the the lateral rotators of the, you know, the deep, the deep muscles in the, in the glutes area. So, um, is that where people, that. is that where people that have childhood issues hold a lot of their tension to is in the lower extremities of the body, like lower back, the hip flexors. That's a, that's a good question. I, I find that most of the time people have, um, a lot of tension in their in their upper back and shoulders. It's like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, for some reason, the the neck and shoulders and the upper back. I'd say it's like eighty percent of the time. That's where I'm seeing most of the tension and and the buildup. Uh, but you know, there are a lot of energy workers who who they know all this stuff about where in the body things are stored, and um, and a lot of times when they're talking about that, it's like they're talking Greek to me because um, I, I don't really know all that stuff. You could read like these huge tech textbooks where they tell you about, you know, like where 
where grief is stored or where this is stored and that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, it just, to me, none of it really resonates like the idea of things being stored in a very specific location. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in my work, I don't, I don't really find a whole lot of that. Um, either that, or I'm just not really paying attention. I'm, I'm just seeing like, oh, there's something I'm going to do something about it, you know? And, and uh, I'm not really uh, paying attention, like documenting, you know, where it was and what the problem was. A lot of times I don't even know what the source of like, why that thing was there, why the block was there. You're just um, removing it. Yeah. Cause it, or, it could be, yeah. The, the person that has it may have no idea where it came from, <laughs> you know? And so I'm just removing it and, and moving on. And um, I can see that where people wouldn't understand that they had a blockage somewhere, but their reactions to things would like illuminate to other people that they have blockages. Do you understand what I'm saying with that? Oh yeah, yeah. The the blockages are are usually a lot easier to see in behaviors. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's very hard to see your own stuff. It's really helpful to have friends that will call you out on on your stuff. You know, I've got some of those friends. Oh yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. So um, uh, Jessica said thank you, um, and she will try to get him to do yoga, but she, th- you know, he's a little scared that he might get hurt. And then what she was trying to say earlier, she said, "What I mean by what I said is when people feel anger or frustration, they keep it inside and carry the weight of the world at the time, which is basically what you just said. They carry it in the upper." you know, upper shoulders, upper back, neck area, the way to the world. And then Barb chimed in. Hi, Barb. I love you. Emotions can be stored anywhere in the body is what she's saying. Cause she's, she practiced Reiki too. So like emotions can be stored anywhere. I can find a little niche in there. So yes. Awesome. Awesome. So Ryan, what is your philosophy on energy work? You said it was different than most. So what is it? Yeah, so I've described it a little bit already the, about... The um, removing structures, right? Yeah, and on a larger level, just the idea of the... Oh, so oh, Basically, I'll put it this way. Energy work, to me, is about intentions. Mm-hmm. So what I was describing of removing the structures, the structures, so I had that step about bathing it in golden light. So my intention was that it's like, okay, I'm intending to, to do this. So our intentions is like giving an instruction in a sense, like this is what I'm doing. So it's like, you're defining your experience. I am bathing this structure in golden light as an example of an intention. So when you, when, what does golden light represent to you energetically when you're bathing something in golden light for you what is the energetic field of golden light well the the um that's a great question i think that the golden light is actually something that um relates to reiki um in reiki there's there's all these different symbols for different energies and i think that the golden light is kind of like this full spectrum that these individual energies in Reiki are sort of taken from. So the golden light is just kind of like the full spectrum of it. And um, 
and it's I think it's something that you know you can just do it you can just imagine you know mm-hmm. sending liquid golden light it has a liquid quality when I see it in my imagination it's like a liquid kind of goes in and it it lubricates the thing that I'm trying to remove but you can also just use it generally and just kind of bathe someone in it there's also different colors of light that I that I like to use but the thing that I really want to convey about energy work is that we are working with our intentions so even if you were to say you know I am embodying stillness joy and openness mm-hmm. that's energy work because I am defining my experience out there in the universe. So we're doing, energy work is so much bigger than we realize. We're all living it and we don't realize it. It's, it's, it's being intentional. Um, and so we can be intentional in the context of helping someone. Uh, so if you're, so basically a lot of energy work is kind of like, intentionality with surgical precision you could say but i would really like to point to the intentionality of it because if we can learn to become intentional then we become energy workers and then with practice we will develop a lot of precision and a lot of um confidence because if you if you become a reiki master you know anybody can become a reiki master if they put some effort into it and some money into it. Uh, there may be some courses that are involve a lot of time, so maybe that's too much to say. But the idea is, um, like, even if you get the certification or whatever, if you're not being intentional and practicing and developing this, this knowing that what you're doing is actually creating a shift or a change or affecting the field um it's it's not really going anywhere right so so my philosophy on energy work is that it's all about intention and so much of what is being taught in energy work is really just guiding the intention so for example if you are using sage to smudge a room Mm -hmm. you're taking this sage and you're waving it around and you're putting a lot of energy into this waving it around so let's say you spend 20 minutes waving around sage in a house you've just spent 20 minutes focusing your intention on clearing clearing the energy yep exactly right so what's really so is it really the same (laughs) now i've always kind of felt that way i mean um there's there's a lot of traditional reasons and it goes back a long way, you know, with the white sages and stuff. But it's it's been interesting because I've used, that's a good example because I've been saging my, my own home for a long, long time. And I can't tell you how many times I've thought that it's like, wow, the real power mm-hmm. here is I am literally going to every corner. I yeah. am. Uh, consciously clearing, watching the smoke, following the focus, right? Exactly. You're watching the smoke with the intention of I am clearing and purifying the field here of everything. And it's just, it's pretty amazing. Just when and you just think yeah. of a simple act and following your intention while you do that. And are you present while, that's another thing I find myself asking. Wait a minute, I'm doing something that for me, 
is a little ceremonial. I'm, I'm, I'm real weird with ceremonial stuff. And, and I mean, I'm ceremonial on a daily basis, right? But it's very rare, but sometimes I'll even catch myself about two thirds of the way through the house, not being present. And it's like, oh no, wait a minute, this isn't working. The sage by itself, it's like, no, Tammy, come back. Come back, yeah. you know, because because by the time, because I, I, you know, I'll I'll do the whole house, but it's funny. I think so much of the power is in the intention and directing it. So, and it does work. Like if you think mm-hmm. about it, the sage, yeah. you're you're like you're burning sage. It's like, well, I'm using this. I, I paid money for it and everything, so it really does help you guide your intention. So. I don't well, want to discount yeah, it, you know. Yeah, and the ancestors for me, it's like the ancestors have been using it for forever. You know, I'm just like, okay, well, obviously it probably has a lot of properties that I'm not even aware of. Well, um, one thing that I just realized too is that when you're using it, you smell it too. Mm-hmm. So that's probably like activating some deep pathways in your mind about clearing energy mm-hmm. and 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 maybe the sage does does also yeah, I'm sure but, on some level it does. But, but I would I would wager that in your case, you know, since I know you, your intention is probably doing the heavy lifting, you know, because of how powerful I think it really are. works though. I mean, I have um a hectic house and it's gotten more hectic in the last year, but it feels it feels good. P- complete strangers will come to my house and they just say it feels good here. I think the energy just stays clear. You're not picking up a bunch of debris energy, so to speak, or just uck, you know? Oh, yeah. Your house is really cool. It's but it feels energy. good, right? You can feel it. Yeah. Cause I, oh, yeah. yeah there's a, so there's a lot of thoughts that go into keeping the energy clear and so, a lot of sage as well. <laughs> Sandy, have we lost you again? Yeah. Oh no! I've been um, doing banners across. You haven't seen oh, what I've been doing. I, well, I've I've read some of them. <laughs> Look at this one. I love this one. Codependence. Just know that love is a choice. Because I said that we were love and energy, but then I had to reverberate that and say, "Oh, wait a minute! Now, if you're codependent, love is a choice." So, Barb Destiny says intention is so powerful. I agree. Ultimate creation from Barb Destiny. Okay, I'm sorry. I was trying. I'm not used to reading on the side and trying to look at you, Ryan. Probably yeah, get better at I that. Know what you mean. <laughs> I, I had trouble with that too. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, earlier when I chimed in about the uh, emotions and the energy and, and all that stuff, the blockages, like, Man, for myself personally, I'm I'm going through some massive clearing right now, uh, again. And I I think what you're doing is so beautiful. The the massage with the energy work to help clear those blockages. I just thank you for doing that for people. You're welcome. And helping them out. I'm that's so excited, thing. Sandy. I'm going to go see Ryan Tuesday evening before. Yay! I'm very excited. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> so, Ryan, when you're working on people and, you you know, you described people's necks being really, really tight in their bags and 80% of the people and then a couple of the structures that you removed on people and you're not really so much focused on where they're storing grief or whatever, but 
intuitively, um, besides their body with the actual massage therapy, you're intuitively feeling and transmuting things, I would imagine. Can you talk to that yeah. a little bit? I would really enjoy Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that's happening, I'm not even consciously aware mm -hmm. is going on. Mm -hmm. um, I've even had sessions where, um, you know, someone gets on the table and the energy that's coming through me is so intense that I, I can't really move my body. And I just tell them, hey, you know, um, I, I'm just going to have to stand here for a while, you know, and, um, and I don't know what that is. It's like, what it feels like is that there's some something out there that's benevolent, you know, maybe some angelic forces. Mm -hmm. um, it feels angelic to me anyway, mm -hmm. um, that are kind of using that opportunity to use my body as a, a conduit to get something through to this person that they need. It feels like activating someone. And because of those kinds of experiences, I've realized that you know, there's a whole lot going on because I think because I'm keeping my body in this space of stillness, mm -hmm. um, it makes it possible for it to be like, like a conduit. A conduit, yeah. Yeah, and so there's stuff going on that that I'm not really aware of, um, and it and it's um. You're just the vehicle it's traveling through. Yeah. yeah, and, and what, it, what I think it does often do is, is clear people's fields because one thing I off, very consistently notice is that people look very bright and shiny and mm -hmm. luminous after the massage. They, you know, it's a very energizing experience for most people. Mm -hmm. um, it's either energizing or very calming, you know. It, it depends on, on what they need. So some people are like ready to dance out of the studio and some people are ready to go to sleep and they're grateful for that. And so um, I, I've realized that it's like the conscious part of our awareness is kind of the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole lot going on with us as yeah. beings that, that, you know, we just, we just don't know what it is and i've even started to think that while we're sleeping there's a lot going on like we're we're going out there and, and doing stuff you know saving the world in our sleep or something you know wow yeah. you want to go there into the consciousness <laughs> because i don't know when are we really awake is what i'm starting to ask is this it or is it when i'm sleeping or is it someplace else it just seems like our my consciousness is in various locations at various times hey, it probably is <laughs> it's just going you know, i wouldn't i wouldn't put it past us it, you know. it's crazy well like you said you know what's happening when we're sleeping yeah what have you started to think about that well, um, I, I think that I think that I'm holding space for a lot of people, you know, um, not just the people on the table, but 
just in general, I think I'm I'm holding space for people. While you're sleeping? Yeah, and, and while I'm awake too, mm -hmm. sometimes I, I just feel like there it's almost like I I feel like I've become a radio station that people can tune into. It's like quiet mind radio or something. And I've I've honestly I've never even said this before. This is just like coming to me now. It's like um because I'm holding this vibration so steady all the time um it's become like an anchor so my clients if they want to they can they can just tune in to that that station i'm going to try to read this one here uh oh yeah oh yeah actually i've heard of that too people feeling more than two hands mm -hmm. uh, that's that's pretty fascinating and whenever that happens um when people are feeling more than two hands um i'm not consciously aware of of i'm not trying to make that happen you know it just it just happens can you this is interesting i didn't i don't know how it's coming up can you see this ryan yeah i'm, I'm reading it now that's interesting this is new i've not seen the questions come up this way before <laughs> Because I'm learning how to do this, and I, I just put it's it up very there. Interesting. I'm like, wow, this is neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my guess that would explain that that banner is that maybe she was, maybe she had a field that was really powerful because she was in close proximity, so maybe her field was really powerful and and her consciousness was actually doing some work that she wasn't consciously aware of, you know? Um, Do you float above your body, Ryan? I don't think so. I think I used to, but now I try to be as much in my body as I can. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. We got one more comment I'm going to show up here. Yeah, so this one, um, that comment about preparing for days ahead, um, I'm not consciously doing that, but what I do is I have sort of a routine where before someone gets there, I set some intentions about creating sacred space so that when they're in the studio, um, there won't be any kind of intrusions from people that I know or people that they know, you know, psychic intrusions or interactions. And, um, and that way we have this really solid container that we can work with. And um, I'll also do some other intention settings about getting myself into the right, you know, a, a really good state for healing. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, on some level, my consciousness and their consciousness are collaborating. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like if we actually knew what was going on, it would probably be too much for us to handle. You know? Yeah, I have so, a funny feeling we wouldn't be able to. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I, how it is. I got a question. So, what have you ever felt like when you, a person comes in there into your studio and lays on the table, like they have some really dark energy about themselves? Do you ever feel that with a human being that's seeking out your help? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I see um, these 
beings that are um, integrated in the energy system of people. And, um, and if they have, I have to make a, a tough call sometimes because these, these beings or entities or whatever you want to call them, sometimes people have started identifying with them. And if someone is really identifying with them, it can be disruptive removing them. Can you give us an um, example of that, Ryan? Absolutely. So let's say somebody is extremely paranoid and they, maybe they have road rage even just, Mm -hmm. just like they're driving and, and, and they, and they, maybe this is an entity that's sort of hijacking them and causing them to have this like crazy road rage. Well, if this person believes that that's who they are, like, this is who I am. I have no tolerance for people on the road, you know, at a certain point when we really start identifying with these beings, yeah, it it can become disruptive to us and others if somebody were to remove them. So I have learned how to remove them, but I, I find that it's, it's challenging because it, it's not something I feel necessarily comfortable talking to people about. I don't want to freak them out about, Hey, you got some, some entities in your system. Yeah. Um, uh, but also if they do agree to it, um, I can pull that up them out. It might be disruptive. Uh, but the other thing is they can just invite them back in. Um, but in this, in that case, the, the golden light, is very helpful for um because whenever i've tried to remove them without the golden light they just um doesn't really work but the golden light it's like it lubricates them and you can kind of loosen them up and um and then just kind of pull them out of there um but yes there's there's people that have um these beings and what these beings seem to be trying to do in my experience is that they really have one major objective and that is to create turbulence so if you look at someone's energy field um it's like if their energy field is completely serene and calm and stable there's no turbulence and they're conserving energy there's no leaking energy coming out of the field they're just conserving it and it just grows and it's you know becomes very powerful but if there's turbulence if somehow they get triggered so the word triggered is like they lose right? energy at that point. Yeah, the field gets real shaky and then they lose energy. Mm-hmm. So these beings that I see, these entities or whatever, they they all seem to have that one objective, which is to create turbulence. And there's other objectives too, like the there's maybe like so but this is kind of rare. Like you might sometimes have some that are sort of playing the person's energy system like an instrument and this becomes more like a like a trade deal which is kind of similar to people doing drugs where that's kind of a trade deal where it's like i feel good because i did the drugs but then i'm going to pay for it tomorrow Mm -hmm. so some of those entities are like more advanced and they can they can like make you feel good at the expense of draining your energy so it's a sort of like i said a trade deal but most of the time what i'm seeing is that these entities are are less more crude than that and um and they're just trying to create turbulence and they're depending on you to believe that's who you are but what i really believe is the truth is that most people who they really are their true selves are actually 
pretty calm. Like the vast majority of people are very calm. And if you're being triggered, it's, it's, it's usually just programming, right? Like we've been trained to, to get freaked out about things and to get angry about things. But in some cases, in more severe cases, there are these entities that are like, you know, um, really poking people with a stick to get more of this And what turbulence. do you think the objective of that is? Well, when the turbulence happens, then the energy leaks out and they can feed on the energy and their friends can probably feed on it too. So it's, it's always trying to create this, it's like a farming condition. So if you can, if you can get people to have turbulence, then you can feed on their energy. Anyone who has no turbulence at all, if their field is just completely solid, then, um, you know, nobody's feeding on that person. Mm -hmm. They're just, they're, they're a poor, uh, you know, poor crop. It's, they're not they're not playing the game the turbulence exactly. game yeah thank you uh barb yeah so that's very interesting now what do you think about um do you want let's just see your your daily routine do you watch any tv at all no no so do you don't watch movies or anything you know i'll watch a movie um but it's pretty rare. Like if I watched a movie, it would probably be um, with a friend, like just to have that experience of watching a movie with a friend. But it's it's pretty rare for me to watch a movie or anything. Uh-huh. And but are you very careful about what you watch? Like you wouldn't be watching The Conjuring, right? I have no idea what that is. It's actually true. I wouldn't be watching it. It's a true story about these two people that go out and back in the seventies and eighties, and they would do exorcisms with the Catholic church mm -hmm. to relieve these energies that got invite, you know, they got um, these entities attached to their, you know, into their energy field that were kind of demonic and so I was just wondering, do you ever feed your brain those types of movies or do you tend to stay on the upper lighter spiritual side of things? Yeah, I guess I tend to stay on the um, side of not taking in a whole lot of information in general. Um, even when I was growing up, I felt this very strong guidance to avoid just almost avoid all information. And um, so even when I would go to, um, to school and, or even um, I was in church, you know, I would always just kind of agree with everything, you know, like they would tell me about how things are with spirituality and, and everything. And I would be like, oh, yes, this is fantastic. And then you go to, you know, hear somebody else who who might be from another religion, they tell me about it. Oh, yes, this is great. You know, so it was always in one ear and out the other. And I feel like information for me um, has been, it's like, the way I see it, it's almost like information is exalted as this ultimate thing in, in some parts of our society. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like it's a huge scam that information is, is, is not really where it's at. And you can spend your whole life, you know, going through this hall of mirrors and reading the writing on the wall 
you can spend a hundred lifetimes doing that. And it, it just kind of like, it's just endless. And, but in some ways I really appreciate the people who, who engage in it, you know, cause I don't want to do it. There's some, there's, some, there's some necessity for it. Like, you know, there's people inventing like whoever invented air conditioning, you know, I, I really, my hat's off to you, you know, you're really um, super happy about that. <laughs> that's a great invention. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like, because of what I'm doing, it's like, I'm holding space. I, I have to, um, you know, once I started massage therapy and in, in this energy work practice, when I say I started, um, living like a monk, a big part of that is not taking in information as much as possible because, um, it's not that the information is bad. It's that I'm trying to keep my system like calm and Clean. still. Yeah. And, and I don't think a lot, like I'll spend, you know, I, my mind is, is quiet pretty much all the time. And, um, but what I found that's fascinating about that is that if somebody asks me how air conditioning works, I could, tell them how it works and if they ask me like how i know that it's like i have no idea how i know that I have no so idea. it's like when your mind is really quiet it does seem like it makes it possible to access information that you know yeah the information that's all right. there so that's part of the scam i think is this idea that like mm -hmm. we need to like knowledge is power and we need to collect information that's like hoarding information right um and we all have access to it yeah yeah it's like it's like we don't i don't think we really need to do that but um i was of course like i went through a phase in my life where i was learning a whole lot and looking at all these other frameworks and trying to build my own understanding and perspective from all of this stuff and of course i had to learn how to speak english and all of that um but at a certain point, I've kind of, for me personally, it's like, okay, now I need to just take what I've learned and and be quiet, you know, so that I can do what I came That's here to do. That's interesting, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've had a few more comments. Uh, let me go back. Dennis had said something earlier. I posted it on the screen, but just to re, uh, revisit what he said. These things have been disrupting humanity for eons. Gratitude, forgiveness, unconditional love. They cannot touch. And then uh, Jessica said, you are such a blessing. And then she writes, you know, when you're a healer or a spiritual human, you tend to stay away from anything that's evil when it is in shows, etc. Because just like a bad person can break through and hurt you, so can at least it has been like this with me. You know, um, again, if you know, you don't want to feed your mind what we're talking about. Like you said, you're a monk. Speaking of monk, how much, how big is your group of friends you hang around with? Because if you're a monk, how many friends do you have, right? Like, how big well, is your circle? I, I don't live like a Tibetan monk, you know? Okay. When I say a monk, I just mean that as sort of a placeholder for my mind is very quiet, you know? So I, I don't engage in activities. Like, I'm not into uh, intellectual conversations. Um, that's not like my my go-to for having fun i i like hanging around people quietly and um i like just feeling 
energy. And I like being in groups of people where other people are talking and I can just listen, you know, that's the kind of thing I, I really like. So it's, it's not so much um, that I'm doing the kinds of things that monks are doing. It's just that I'm, I'm being quiet like a monk, but in a, in a modern world, you know, that is awesome. That is really cool. Ryan, would you say that you feel as though you are living your your mission, the, the purpose or whatever your mission in life is now? It feels that way. Yeah. yeah. I really do feel content about really doing what I came here to do. And I've always felt so strongly um, that I, I have came here to do something important. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know, um, it's just interesting. Some people really do feel that way from very early on in life. So, um, Sand? Yes. Hey, I just couldn't tell if I had you. I'm uh, here. <laughs> I'm holding space for you both. <laughs> so what would you say that that mission is, Ryan? Beside, like, would you just That's say That's a great massage? question. Yeah, what would you say that mission is? It's not massage. Massage yeah. is just a very useful vehicle, especially right now at this stage. Mm -hmm. um, when I was growing up, I, I used to um, joke around. I had this sarcastic game I would play where I would tell people the rules of society. And I would go around and I would tell them all these rules of society, right? And it was totally sarcastic because I was, I was making fun of the rules. And what I found is that there were, there were so many rules and they were all really ridiculous, you know? And, um, and what all these rules basically do is they keep people from being playful. You know, you're, you're allowed to be playful as a child. And then when you, when you grow up, it's like, you better, you better knock it off and be serious, you know? Um, and this is of course not true. There's plenty of playful adults, but I do remember um, the pressure, you know, stop daydreaming and do this math equation or, or whatever. And, um, so there are just like this, there's this huge fabric of lies that make up our, uh, social structure, you know? And I think what I came here to do really is to not participate in all of that to just function completely and utterly outside of all of that mm -hmm. and sort of be on my own. Um, it's like if there's, if there's a, a radio station called, you know, the fabric of lies or whatever, like, or planet earth radio station that people are tuning into generally. Um, it's like I came here to just not be tuned into it, but at the same time be here and broadcast my own station or who knows, maybe I'm tuned into some other station that other people are also tuned into. But I, I see it as like there is this, this kind of construct that people are buying into and identifying with. And it ever since I can remember, it just it never worked for me and it, I never, I saw, I was always able to see 
around it or see through it. And, and so what I'm here to do is to offer a completely different perspective. And, and that's really what it's all about for me is to, to, to break the spell, mm-hmm. you could say. I like that. So what would be the first spell you would like to break that everybody seems to be brainwashed with? Yeah. Well, if you could just break one massive spell on the whole planet. That's such a great question. Yeah. What's the, the number one spell that I would like to break? Okay, let me just feel into that for a minute because the, the magnitude of that question is... I know, it's huge. It's, I don't, that's, it's like pretty big. That's, that's yeah, that was probably a little much, huh? I was no, trying it's a to good one. It's a, good one. It too. it's a really good one. Okay, I'll, I'll say this, okay? Mm-hmm. This one's a really good one. So, when you allow yourself to be who you truly are, you give everyone a blessing to be who they are. And for some reason, this, this concept seems to be hidden. And it's like there's this idea that we need to all be, you know, we need to be something we're not. People are even asking children at a very early age, what do you want to be when you grow up? As if it's like, decide who you want to be, put yourself in a box and stay there. Spend the rest of your life making (laughs) sure you fulfill what you said you were going to do when you were five. So I would say, I would break that spell and I would say, no, you know, figure out who you really are and be who you are. And then unapologetically, unapologetically. Yeah. And then. And then you, you, not only are you going to be in a state of allowing yourself to be who you are, but you're also going to give everyone else that opportunity. Yeah, I think it really gives people more permission to be more authentically who they are. And would you, would you say that there seems to be a rise in this? I, don't, I can't see if there really is a rise in this or if it's my own rise in my own conscious awareness of it in my own life. Um, I think right now there's a, a huge rise and a huge fall happening at the same time. There's like this massive move toward conformity as well as a huge breakout from the conformity. Um, so there's this like fork in the road and people are choosing which way to go. I, I feel as though I've just chose non-participation. And energetically, I just send the planet energy, uh, heart space energy. But I, I definitely know what you're talking about as far well, as you know what? being a that, rip going on. You, you just brought something up. Maybe this would be the second spell I would break. Um, this idea that what we are doing is only relevant if it's happening in the physical world. So when you said non-participation but you're sending energy like from your home say in the comfort of your home mm-hmm. that's real mm-hmm. and but we ha- there's this spell on earth that's like if you if you can't measure it and weigh it on a scale or whatever then it's not real 
I believe those days are coming to an end, and I really believe that they're going to happen um, scientifically in my own lifetime. That they are starting to be able to quantify a lot of things compared to what they've been able to in the the past. As far as our intentions, yeah. and stuff, I think they're they're actually doing boatloads of research on all of this now. Um, it's pretty interesting, actually. I look forward to the next thirty years <laughs> to see. Yeah. What they've decided they can measure now that's all going on the entire <laughs> yeah. time without them measuring it, you know? Right. So, so eventually I'm glad they can measure it now, so I guess it's <laughs> actually really happening. Yeah, they're going to be able to measure Tammy in her house shifting the field. <laughs> well, you know, and when I say non-participation, you know, I'm, I'm speaking um, largely to the rip and the divide um, and humanity that um, I, I seem to um, have an awareness that is going on. Uh, you know, we're seeing lots of different things play out. I don't pay that close attention to it. Um, so I don't participate in any kind of organized politics, religions, anything. I, you know, I just live my life, but I do send energy to the planet. Um, and all of humanity and i do think that that is participation and in a way that i think there's a possibility that that can be a normal dialogue even 10 15 years from now and it doesn't sound like such a crazy thing people look at me like i got 10 heads when i tell them oh i'm going to go in the backyard and send love to the planet and mean it and go do it you know they're like you're gonna do what <laughs> but it really does work. And I think that there, things are changing. And COVID, I believe, is going to have a lot of people. Um, the aftermath of that, a lot of people get faced with themselves during that time. And uh, much like what I explained happened on the table with you, I had a realization of something that came up. And I, I try to examine myself. But on your table, I was able to experience something that I that I didn't even have awareness of. I believe um, the masses probably have come into a lot of awareness of things, and there's going to be a lot of shifting. And I think people are going to want to more authentically be themselves, whatever that is. And I hope we can be um, a catalyst to help support that. I know you are and what you're doing. So um, where are we at for time? Uh, well, Ryan. Oh my goodness, it just flew by, didn't it? <laughs> it's 8 30, you say? 9 30. 9 30. Yep. Yes. <laughs> wow. So, so how, how do you feel after doing Is this your first radio broadcast or blog? For me, it is, yeah. God, oh, congratulations. Yay, what an honor we got, Ryan. <laughs> I love Excellent. it. I love it. I hope you'll do more, Ryan. I hope you come back later on in, you know, in the near future and share your stories with us. Sure. I had fun. This was a good time. Yeah, good. All right. Well, Miss Tammy, would you like to close us out for the evening? Well, would you like to share any last thoughts with us, Ryan, before we wrap up this evening? Or Oh, no. I, I think that was... That was a great show, and if I start on anything else, I'll probably, you know, be on a chair. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go for another ten minutes or something. 
Uh, well, Ryan, it was great having you. And thank you, um, everybody, for commenting tonight. Thank you, Sandy. And we look forward to seeing you all next week. We're going to um, be broadcasting from Tampa next week, right, Sandy? Yeah. Yes, we're going to be broadcasting from Tampa, maybe from the Mind Body Expo, if I can get them to allow us to hang out in there till the end of 930. Uh, if not, in the hotel room. Yay! What hey. a party! <laughs> All right. And Brian, we look forward to... Uh, Ryan, I don't know why I just called you Brian. Who's Brian? <laughs> Anyways, Ryan, I look forward to hearing more about um, your adventures with massage and energy work. Uh, we'll have to get together again real soon. I'll see you Tuesday. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody.